I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you for your word because it's a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. We thank you that it is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. We thank you, Father, that your your word makes us the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. We thank you, Father, that we always triumph in Christ Jesus. So as we sit to hear your word, I thank you for open hearts and receptive minds. As I step back, I thank you for the Holy Spirit stepping up so that everything that is said and done will not only bring you glory, but it will minister to your people. Thank you for signs, miracles, and wonders following this word. And as I allow your spirit to move, whatever you want to say and whatever direction you want to go, I'm open. And we thank you now for it in Jesus' name. Let everybody say amen. Amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We live in a day and an age where everything seems to be me-centered. Just look at your neighbor and say, look at me. See what I'm saying? We have selfies, Instagram, Twitterer, and it's my own word, okay? And the goal of all of those social networks is really to get as many likes and followers as possible. And while there's nothing wrong with these things, our world tends to make us more me conscious than God conscious. And I believe God has laid a simple plan and way for you and I as his children to keep a kingdom mind while we live in a carnal world. And I believe the major principle in doing that is when we make what's important to God important to us. And when we make what's important to God important to us, then God makes what's important to us important to Him. And so I have a powerful message for you this morning. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Today's title is Let's Arise and Build. Let's arise and build. And the goal of today's message is to show you the system and the principle that God has already established in his word that will keep his kingdom first in our lives. And watch this. And keep us in a continual state of blessings and prosperity. Everybody say a continual state. Now, when I say prosperity, I mean in mind, soul, and body. Because if you prosper financially and you're sick, you can't enjoy it. Or if you make lots of money and your mind is crazy, you can't enjoy that either. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to find Matthew 6.33. Matthew 6.33. And if you don't have a Bible, you can follow our screens. And then I want you to find Nehemiah chapter 2. We're going to look in verse 15. That was Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 and then Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 15. I've discovered that one of the biggest problems that we have when it comes to maintaining a spiritual mind and a kingdom perspective is that we tend to always look at instead of looking up. 
Most believers that, that I know, the reason why they can't give God all is because they consistently look at instead of looking up. And Jesus, what's amazing, addressed this issue in a remarkable way. And in Matthew 6, I'm going to start in verse 25, and I'm reading out of the Amplified because I really wanted to just come home to you. He says, therefore, I tell you, stop being perpetually uneasy and anxious and worried about your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink or what lunch money you're going to have tomorrow for work. Is not life greater in quality than food and the body far above and more excellent than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father keeps feeding them. Are you not much more than they? And who of you by worrying and being anxious can add one unit of measure or cubic to his stature or the span of his life? And why should you be anxious about clothes? Consider the lilies of the field and learn thoroughly how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his magnificence, excellence, dignity, and grace was not arrayed or clothed like one of these. Verse 30. But if God so clothe the grass of the field which today is alive and green and tomorrow is tossed into the furnace in Dallas. How many thankful for the rain? Amen. Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Now notice he called people, I want you to see this, people who worry about their basic necessities of life. Jesus said you have little faith. Now look at your neighbor and say, he ain't talking to me. Now look at him again and say, but he might be talking to you though. Verse 31, therefore do not worry, be anxious, saying, that's how you know if you're worried and anxious, by listening to what you say, what are you going to eat, or what are we going to drink, or what do we have to wear? For the Gentiles, the unbelievers, the heathen, wish for and crave and diligently seek all of these things, and your heavenly Father knows well that you need them all. Verse 33, but in contrast to worrying and seeking and looking, He says, aim at and strive after first. Everybody say first. First of all, his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right. And watch this. When God is first, when his kingdom is first, then all these things taken together will be given you besides. So don't worry or be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry and have anxieties of its own. What Jesus is saying here is that if we will keep a kingdom perspective, God will meet our carnal requirements. I'm going to say that again. Jesus was saying, if we will put God first, watch this now, and keep him first, then he will make sure all of what we need down here is taken care of. In other words, what he's saying is, stop looking at and keep looking up. And our world is designed to keep our perspectives bent, wrong and indifferent why because the enemy knows if god stays first in our life increases on the way amen now let's summarize this principle in a different verse if you're taking notes write down luke chapter 2 verse 49 because jesus said i must be about my father's business in other words god has some business And the vision here at Word of Truth Family Church, and I want you to say it with me, is to know Christ and to to make Him known. That's the vision here at Word of Truth Family Church. And we do this in four ways. First, we're going to get to know Christ personally. 
And that's why every Sunday we do an altar call. As a matter of fact, from January until last Sunday, we have had over 900 decisions this year for Christ. We also know we do this when we know Christ and make him known by growing in him internally. And then the third way we make Christ known is by showing him externally. And this is where we show through our lives and through our works that we know him. Now, Matthew 5, 16 says this. Let your light so shine, watch this, before men that they may see your good works. Say good works. And glorify your father which is in heaven. In other words, we are in the soul business because souls matter to God. And it's time for us to reach souls at the next level. We must follow the cloud. And God's agenda for this church is to build him a building. Amen. In 2 Samuel, you hear me say it all the time. This verse now is something we must activate. It says, and God will appoint a place for us and he will plant us and that we may dwell in a place of our own and move no more. This cannot just be a me task. This cannot just be a task for 25% of our church. This must be a we task. Look at your neighbor and say, use a we. Now. Today, I'm about to show you something that will change your life. I'm going to show you what happens. Watch this. When we commit to God's kingdom first, what he does for us. And here's why I'm teaching this. Because, see, if, 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 if you can walk out of here with faith and confidence and with application on how to put God's kingdom first in your life, then now you are in a position that God can pour through you. Because, see, if he can get it through you, he'll give it to you. Turn your Bibles to Nehemiah chapter 2. Nehemiah chapter 2. I'm doing well with my time this morning. Nehemiah 2. Let me give you some brief history about Nehemiah. Nehemiah was a cupbearer to the king. And one day he was sad because God had put something in his heart for him to do. The, uh, the walls of, of Jerusalem had burnt down. And, and uh, basically the city had no protection. And nobody was doing anything about it. So God put on his heart, Nehemiah, to go back and fix that. So the king gave him permission to do that. So he was on his way to do that. And this is where we pick up the story in verse 19. Uh, no, uh, verse 15. Then I went up in the night of the, by the brook and I viewed the wall and turned back and entered by the gate of the valley. And so I returned. Verse 16 of Nehemiah chapter 2. And the rulers knew not whether I went or what I did. Neither had I yet told it to the Jews, nor to the priests, nor to the nobles, nor to the rulers, nor to the rest that did the work. See, sometimes, see, people have to remember, and I know people give pastors a hard time, but God doesn't give visions to a group. Can you imagine if God, we can't even stand in line and whisper to each other the same thing and by the end have the same thing. Amen. So God gave this vision to Nehemiah. Let's look at, let's pick it up now in verse 17. Watch what he says. Then said I unto them, you see the distress that we're in, how Jerusalem lies waste and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come, come on, read this part with me. And let us, come on, everybody say it again. Let us, come on, let's say it again. Let us, say it one more time. Come on church, let's say it like you mean it. Let us build. The wall of Jerusalem. Let us build. 
Project 360, and we be no more reproached. Then I told them, watch this, of my hand of my God, which was good upon me, as also the king's word that he has spoken unto me. Now, watch this now. First, Nehemiah says something. Now they are about to respond. This is the congregation. This is you. And they said, everybody say, they said. And they said, now notice now, the they that's saying it, whatever they are saying or about to say, it's coming from the heart. Because the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So everybody said, this is the heart speaking. They said, let us, not me, not Nehemiah, let us rise up and what? Build. Watch this now. So they strengthened their what? Now notice now. This is just like faith without works. Because remember, they work together. Faith without works is what? And works without faith is? Well, guess what? First, what the way commitment works, it starts in the heart, but commitment has to have some actions or it's nothing but a dream. So notice, they made a commitment from their heart, and then the Bible says they strengthened their hands for this good works. Everybody say heart and hand. And that's what we need here. We need heart and we need hands. And I'm about to show you what's going to happen because God is about to make a promise to those who commit their heart and their hand. Watch this now. Look at verse 19. But when Sambalat and the Horonite and Tobiah the servant and the Ammonite and Geshem the Arabian heard it, they laughed us to scorn and despised us. Everybody say, everybody got haters. A few years ago... uh, A pastor friend of mine was uh, talking to a banker and uh, the banker just came out and said, do you know Pastor Edmund Cullen? Pastor Edmund Cullen, he's trying to get all that million dollar loan. Ain't nobody going to give him that loan. He didn't know he was talking to somebody that knew me. And so he said, I know Pastor Edmund. I believe he's going to get it. And see, when I saw that, that, that hater later, See, you got to treat haters like now-laters. Eat some now, eat some later. See, here's the deal. God don't want to kill your enemies. That's too easy. No, no. He wants to set a table before you in their presence. He wants to bless you so they can see it. Well, these haters came out on him. Let's see how he responded. Then answered I in verse 20 and said unto them, The God of heaven. He will what class? Come on class. He will prosper us. Therefore, we his servants will do what? He said, you know what? God's going to prosper us and we're going to, and the proof of that, we're going to arise and build. Which says to me that when God begins to prosper you, it's not all for you. And that's where most Christians make a mistake. And God tests us all the time. I don't know if you... He don't tempt us, but he does test us. See, he wants to see how much more he can get to us by watching what we did, what, what he gave us last. And I know some of you are saying, well, I would, I would commit to Project 360. I, I, I'm waiting for my ship to come in. Well, just use the canoe you got right now. See, $5 a week is better than no dollars a week. And I know we're waiting, you know, some of you all, I see you squirming. Let me just change. Let me keep. Watch this. Watch this. Notice that he said, let's build. And then they said, let's build. Watch this now. 
after they committed with their hearts and started using their hands is when God said he would prosper them. It wasn't before. Now write this down. The word prosper there, it means to push forward. Everybody say push forward. I don't know about you, but there are some things that I want to see God push forward me. I heard a story about a man. He was a multi-billionaire. He bought a $1,500 uh, uh, property. It had, you know, like lakes on it and forests, and he, they could hunt on the property. He had a big party, and he was walking everybody and touring them, and finally they got to his swimming pool. He had an Olympic-sized swimming pool, but it was filled with alligators. And he says, you know what? I believe in courage. Courage has gotten me here today in my life. And he said, you know what? I will give a person who is courageous enough to get in that pool and swim to the other side. I'll give you any money you want. I'll give you this house if you want it because I just believe in courageous people. Everybody started laughing and started following him back in the house. And then they heard a big splash. Splash! Then they see a guy just fighting his way to the other side. All these crocodiles are after him. Then he get over to the other side. The guy got over there. He was like, man, you are a courageous man. I'll give you anything you want. I said, I'll give you money, house. What would you like? He said, I'd like the person who pushed me in the pool. (laughs) Sometimes God needs to push you. See, if you are a business owner, you just need to see God pushing clients into your business. Everybody say push forward. It also means to break out. It means to go over. It means, watch this, I love this one, to be profitable and to make you prosper. Now, so here's what I did, and I'm going to do this in shotgun fashion, so you may have to go back and listen to it. I'm going to show you this word prosper in several different situations in the Bible. In some instances, it's a different English word, but the reality of it is it's the same Hebrew word that we just read there over in Nehemiah. So here's the first one that I want to give you, and here's the principle behind it. Everybody write down divine direction. I didn't say say it. I said write it down. (laughs) Write it down. Divine direction. Now, just follow me on the screen because I'm throwing these at you. If you want to go to Genesis 24, 40, you can. This was the story about Abraham. He sent his servant to go find a wife for Isaac. It says here, And he said unto me, the Lord before whom I walk will send his angels with you and prosper your way. The word prosper there is the same word over there in Nehemiah, which means now when God wants to prosper us, when we, watch this, when we commit with our hearts and then we put our hands to work to his kingdom, he wants to prosper us. And one of the ways is through divine direction. Everybody say divine direction. Notice here that this servant received divine direction from an angel of God. And some of you all may end up in some situations where you need some divine direction. See, divine direction is when you don't know what to do, but God knows what to do. And he uses somebody or something to guide you in the right direction. Here's the second one. Divine position. This is in Genesis 39, look in verse 2. This is about Joseph. It says, and the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man. There's that word right there. That word prosperous, it's the same word over there in Nehemiah. And he was in the house of his master. Everybody say, that's position. 
He was in the house of his master, the Egyptian, and the master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper. There's that word again. And then this lines up with Proverbs 22, 29, which says, if you see a person who's diligent in his business, he will stand before kings. He will not stand before mean men. In other words, what I'm saying is when we commit our hearts to God and we put our hands to work in his kingdom, guess what? He provides us with divine positions. See, this is when you didn't qualify, but you got the job anyway. Listen, one of our members who uh, uh, was at work, they have a very good job, pay very well. Both of them, you know, live in the dream. But, but see, God wants to give seed to the sower. So one of his, uh, one of his uh, co-workers came up to him and said, come here, I want to show you something. And the co-worker sat down and logged on to his bank and showed, I remember, his bank account. I remember said, where did you get all that money from? Because they don't pay us like that. And the guy said, I'm not sure, but for whatever reason, I feel led to share the business that I have that is only three months a year but pays six figures. I feel I'm supposed to share it with you and connect you with it. How many know our member has that business today and they're doing extremely well? Everybody say divine position. Here's number three. I'm going to go fast. And that is divine success in tough times. See, when God is first in your life, you become now. See, people say, well, I'm waiting on God and God is waiting on us. The Bible says when we draw close to him, he draws close to us. See, my thing is I want to always be where he wants me. And if when God knows that he's first in my life, he's going to make sure everything that I want, I, I, I'm, I'm squared away. And see, most of us, we're scared to put God first. Fear drives most people when it comes to putting God first because they say, well, if I put him first in my money, I may not be able to pay my bills. Well, what you're saying is God has a shortage in heaven. I mean, if, if the streets are made out of gold, I mean, I wonder what's in the trash cans up there. Watch this now. This is, in Judge, this is in Genesis 39, 23. This is about Joseph again. The keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand. Now watch this. Joseph went to prison. And he did nothing wrong. Because sometimes when life happens and we did nothing wrong, that's when God says that we are more than conquerors. You can't conquer something that you ain't in to conquer. And see, a lot of times, instead of now having a more than a conqueror attitude, when we get into diverse temptations, what we do is we cry the whole time we're in it. I'm talking to somebody, touch your neighbor, say, he, he done found my house today. You crying about it, you belly aching, oh, why did this happen to me and why did this happen to me? Well, listen, at the end of the day, why don't you use your faith and trust God because greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. It says here that the Lord was with him and the Lord made him prosper. There's that word again. Here's the next one. Divine ability. When you and I put God's kingdom first, when we put our money first with him, when we put our lives first with him, when we put our hands to work in his kingdom, then he says through principle, I will provide divine ability. Judges chapter 14. Watch this now. Look at verse 5. This is about Samson. Then went Samson down and his father and his mother to Timnath. And they came to the vineyards of Timnath. 
And behold, a young lion roared against him. And the spirit of the Lord came mightily. See the word came mightily? That's the word prosper. See, when God wants to prosper you, he wants to cause something mighty to happen in your life. And so the Bible says the spirit of God came mightily or prospered upon him and he rent or tore this young lion as if he was was just like a cub. In other words, divine ability came on Samson. One of our members was in a car accident and somebody else was in the car. The car had turned over and uh, she got out. But she was trying to help the person in the car. And just at that moment, divine strength came on her. She picked that car. That person got out of the car. You don't know when you're going to need divine ability. Everybody say divine ability. Amen. Divine ability. Uh, uh, My wife told a story, but when I used to work for Airborne Express, which is DHL now, and uh, we were in the middle of this complex problem and I'm a new salesperson, hadn't even gone to training and I'm just going around visiting all of my customers and we ran into a huge problem. They shipped thousands of packages a day and a lot of them were not being delivered to the right location. How many know that's a problem? We were getting ready to lose this customer and I'm like, look, I just got on board. I need all the customers I can get. So we're sitting in this meeting and all these different people, vice president of operations and my manager's there and I'm sitting there. One thing I did, I did look good. (laughs) So I'm sitting there at the table and I don't know what they're talking about. It's foreign to me because I just got here. So I figured I ain't going to waste my time in this meeting. I just start speaking in tongues right there to myself. You know, I'm smiling because, you know, you speak in tongues. It's on the inside. So I'm speaking in tongues, you know, and and, uh, the Lord gives me divine ability to see into the problem. He says, Evan, go when you get back to the office, the zip code on their account is wrong and it's throwing things off. I thought, okay, that's interesting. So when we got in the car, I told my my boss, I said, "Uh, uh, uh, what was his name? I can't remember his name. But uh, I said, hey, you know what? Uh, The zip code's off on their account. We need to look at it when we get to the office. He said, "Well, well, how do you know that? I said, well, uh, the Holy Spirit told me. He, he said, how did the Holy Spirit tell you that? I said, well, I was speaking in tongues while we were sitting there in the meeting. He said, well, what is speaking in tongues? I said, I'll tell you that later. So when we got to back to the office, the first thing he did is went to his office and he looked it up and I be doggone the zip code was off on their, their account. Now he's curious of my divine ability. See, see, God just don't want your light to shine because you walk around with this big old white family Bible at work. No, 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 no. He wants you to manifest the manifestations of the Spirit where He just goes and tells you to pray for somebody and what you pray for them about is exactly what they were struggling with. So He says, so, so how do you speak in tongues? I said, come on to the car and I'll show you. Man, my boss got filled with the Holy Spirit in my car. Everybody say divine ability. Here's the next one. Divine strength. In Judges 15, this is talking about uh, Samson again. It says, and when he came to live, the Philistines shouted against him. Now, people ought to not shout at Samson. He, He kills them when they do that. 
the, the lion roared against him. Now here's the Philistines. Uh, they are shouting against him. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily. There's that word prosper again. The Spirit of the Lord came to push him forward. The, the Spirit of the Lord came to prosper him. And watch this. And the cords that were on his arms became as flax. Basically, he popped everything that was on him. He took a jawbone of a donkey and he whipped a thousand men. divine strength this is the type of strength that you can walk through fire and get out and not even smell like smoke this is when you know everybody seems to be ganging up against you to lie to you uh lying about you at work and you have done nothing wrong see listen the worst thing you can do is try to defend yourself let your defender defend you And, you know, here's the attitude you need to take. See, some of y'all, you, you antsy right now because you're going through something and you don't know what to do. Let me show you what to do. See, as long as I have a confidence that God is first and I'm putting his kingdom first, then, you know, when I'm going through something, I'm just going to sit down. And I'm going to pose like a model. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, when I came back from my sabbatical, and I noticed our project hadn't moved along like I knew it should have. The problem was the civil engineer that was uh, on staff with the builder, he really didn't know what he was doing. And so before I went on my sabbatical, we all had a meeting with the city. The city explained everything, and, and uh, it was pretty clear to me. I didn't know how to do the work, but I understood what the city wanted. city wrote some notes down and everything. I come back four weeks later, ain't nothing turned in. How many seen that movie, Cat in the Hat? Anybody? You seen the movie? Okay, if you ain't seen the movie, there's a section in the movie where uh, this real estate agent, the boss, fires the person that works for him. And this is how he fires him. You're fired! <laughs> I called the builder. I said, your civil engineer, he's fired! How many know I had to fire a civil engineer? Now, I already found another one, and he already finished it up, and the new stuff is being turned in Monday as I speak. But I'm saying sometimes you have to have divine strength. Listen, because sometimes in your flesh you may not want to do it. Amen. So, I have one more. No, I have two more. Let's see where I'm at. Okay, I'm pretty good. Here, Here we go. Here's another one. This is good right here. Divine inspiration and divine transformation. First Samuel chapter 10, this was the story of Saul. It says, and after he shall come over the hill of God, this was uh, the prophet talking to him, where the garrison of the Philistines, and it shall come to pass when you are coming from the city or to the city, and you shall meet a company of prophets coming down from the high place with a psaltery and a tabard, basically some uh, instruments before them. And they shall prophesy. Listen to what he said to Saul. Saul, and the Spirit of the Lord is going to come on you. See that word come? That's the same word prosper. The Spirit of the Lord is going to prosper on you, and you will not only prophesy because the Spirit of God is prospering you, but you shall be turned into another man. Now, if you marry, look at your husband and say, I'm waiting on that for you. <laughs> no, no, no. Listen, listen. You trying to change yourself? Why don't you just get in position and put God first 
and, and, and you know, one day I was in worship, and I don't know what was what was on me, but boy, I tell you what, by the time worship was done, something felt like like a brick just fell off. Boom! I don't even know what it was, but I tell you what, I felt good afterwards. See, that's what happened. Saul got turned into another person. Here's the last one. Here's no, I got two more. Here's got here's the next one. Divine protection. Everybody say divine protection. Now, we know this verse. It says in, in Isaiah 54, 17, No weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against you in judgment shall condemn. The word prosper is that same word. No weapon formed against you will push you forward. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. I love the Living Bible. It says this, But in that coming day, no weapon turned against you shall succeed, and you will have justice against every courtroom lie. I love this, this other version. It says, but no weapon that can hurt you has ever been forged. Any accusers who take you to court will be dismissed as a liar. I don't know if you're in the middle of a court case, but let me tell you something. God said that they will show up and he will make them out of a lie. Now look at your neighbor and say, I can't wait to see this liar. <laughs> Now, here's the last one, because I am, I am 100% convinced that what God is doing here is his will. How many believe it is the will of God for us to be in a building? Let me see your hand. It is the will of God, and the cloud is moving, and it's time for us to pack up. So listen to this now. Because here's the one that I just wanted to close with right here. Because when you put God first in your heart and then begin to do something with your hand, you can expect divine intervention. Now, in Psalm 118.25, this is what it says. It says, save me now, O Lord. I beseech you, Lord. Watch this. Send now prosperity. See that word prosperity? Notice when he says send it. He said, send it now. Not next week. Because, see, there are going to be some times where you need some now prosperity. How many could use some now prosperity right now? And I believe with all my heart, God is waiting on us to put our hands to work and to do this thing together. And I believe one of the things that we're going to see is some now prosperity. And I can tell you this right now, that if God needs it tomorrow, he's got to get it to you right now. But let me warn you, and as I close, all of what God gives you ain't yours. I'm going to rewind now. I'm going to say that again. All of what God gives you is not yours. And I believe... Thank you, Lord. Two weeks ago, uh, at the end of service, the Spirit of God told me that there was some held up money in a lot of lives of people. And I prophesied over them that that held up money was being released. And now I just heard him say, this is why I can release it. When they do what I'm telling them, I'll let it go. See, here's the thing. Most people who don't give right. And I'm talking to them like this. They're like, well, I don't know about all that. Well, what you're doing ain't working anyway. You're still waiting on that money, ain't you? 
Okay, so so it, it, it's got to be something that you got to do different. And I'm glad the word came now because, see, had you got it yesterday, you'd have probably just spent it all on you, had a glorious time, and God is looking at his house while it lies in waste. Every head bowed and every eye closed. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? What is he saying to you? What commitment is he trying to get you to make? I believe if you will obey his voice, Jesus said, harden not your heart the day that you hear my voice. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I see ships with spoil coming in. It's coming from all directions. There's, there's like this big harbor and there are big ships. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about like these pirate looking boats or ships. And they're just filled with spoil. They're coming into Word of Truth Family Church. And a lot of that money is yours. But some of that money is God's. Father, I pray that you will give us a heart and we will put our hands to do what we know what is right so that you can prosper us because if you can get it to us or through us, you can get it to us. And I thank you for everyone here that they have heard your word in a way that will change their lives in Jesus' name. With every head still bowed, if you're here today, here's my question.